I'm wondering if any of you have a red letter Bible. Anybody have a red letter Bible? Allison does. Yeah. You do, Carol. Um, It's a Bible where the words of Jesus are actually printed in red in the book. And the premise is this. It allows us to easily identify the words of Jesus, although I have to say as Lutherans, we believe that the entirety of the Bible holds Christ. Luther refers to it as the Bible as the cradle that holds the baby Jesus. It all points to Christ. Well, I was thinking about those red letter Bibles, and if you were only to read the red words in this story, you would miss it all. You would miss the words of the Seraphonician mother. Words that actually change everything, I think. They change Jesus. Yes, I just said that. They change Jesus. They change this woman and her daughter. They change us. And I think they open up in a new way the vastness of God's kingdom and his purpose for the world. Mark tells us that Jesus is entire, far north from where he has been. And he enters a house, probably to escape the crowds again and all this attention that is constantly following him. Although Mark is clear to note that even here, In a home and in a new land, people have heard about Jesus. So this Gentile woman, a mother, finds Jesus and begs him to heal her daughter who's possessed by a demon. Jesus' response here cannot be softened. He says, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. He's calling this woman and her daughter dogs. Albeit harsh, his words state his purpose. Jesus came for the sake of God's chosen people, Israel. He came for the children, not for the outsiders, not for the dogs. But this mother answered him. He re- she responds. She said, sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Whatever she has heard about Jesus, she believes that just a crumb of his power is enough to heal her daughter. Now, if this was a screenplay, you would see in parentheses after her words, silence takes over the room. Because somehow I think by God's grace, the woman's words become the word. Jesus is obviously changed. Maybe he realized anew the radical sense of God's love for the world. Maybe it was because he was overwhelmed by the tenacity of this mother, her insistence to save her child. She just won't let go. But did you hear it? She doesn't negate his words. She enters into him, almost saying, there's got to be more. And so it is through her words 
that she opens up the expansiveness of what happens when God's grace meets the world. People are transformed. And it seems that maybe even Jesus sees his mission in a new light. So do you get why this story is troublesome for many? It's hard for us to hear Jesus speaking degrading words to this mother. And it's also difficult for us to think that our human response may actually impact how God works in this world. We don't like that. We can change, but God can't. But this story for Mark breaks open again. What does it look like for the kingdom of God to come near? That's the beginning of Mark's gospel. What happens when Jesus becomes, Jesus comes so close? This is a story that claims a truth. A foreign woman, one with no status or claim to God's mercy, is gifted God's love and attention. And it goes as far to impact her family as well. It's actually remarkable. And then somehow, she needs to trust Jesus enough to know that his spoken word and to know that her words made a difference. Jesus, the one that referred to her as a dog, she has to trust then that his healing words are real and that his healing words are truth. He said to her, for saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. He doesn't say it was because of her faith. It was because of her words. And her words have forever altered the story. So she heads home at that moment, not knowing the condition of her daughter when she will get there, but trusting as revealed that Jesus' healing can even come at a distance. And we hear in this story that it did. Okay, so where does this story leave us? Where does it impact us individually and as a community here at Mount Olivet? I have some thoughts on that. First of all, the gospel is not dainty. Faith is not meant to be handled with kit gloves only occasionally when we want to admire it. It's revealed in the difficult and surprising. It's made known in the grittiness of relationship. It's quite profound that God's light of love shines on this woman as she has the guts to speak on behalf of her ill daughter. She has the guts to cut through Jesus' initial no to create a new opening with God's yes. Secondly, we ourselves cannot have certainty in what or whom is worthy of God's grace or not. And we have gotten good at this. We judge and we say, of course that's worthy of God's grace, but this is not. And we create an exclusiveness about our Christian faith. But what we hear in this story is even the ones who we would consider off limits, 
and even who Jesus initially considers off-limits, are the ones who can speak to us the good news. Where in our lives as a community are we creating space to listen to those who we can often miss, those whose voice is not often heard? Number three, the proclaimed word changes people. Somehow this woman heard about Jesus. And this is back in the day where that can only happen because someone told her about Jesus. We really don't like this part, do we? We don't. But it's truth. It's the hearing and the speaking of Jesus, not just in regular words, but in words that are meant to be part of our story. It is the hearing and speaking of this where real lives are interrupted with grace. It does matter. We're supposed to feel it. We're supposed to speak it and share it with others. Number four, I hope you hear in this story that our faith is deeply relational. It's almost like you can hear the groaning of Jesus' heart and soul in this as he is changed. And even in that following story about the healing of the deaf man, there's spitting, there's touching. And there's these woman's words that added to the mix of Jesus unleashes God's work for the world. This is not untouchable God. This is in deep relationship with his people. But there's a vulnerability then with God through Jesus here. But yet, if you think about it, that's the whole story of God's love for the world, especially in the gospel. God comes to us as a baby, and he ultimately has a humiliating death on behalf of the world. And then lastly, you matter to God. Insert yourself in this story. You matter to God, and so does the person that you least expect. Your story, your words matter, and so do the words and stories of others. And this is where we find God. And so I wonder today, do we embrace this ourselves? Do we live this promise? Do we share this promise? Thanks be to God that through his grace, the Seraphonician mother's words become read. Words that tell us anew of God's love for the world and for you. Amen.